So, all right. So you can hear me. Can you okay? hear me okay, or should I use um, earphones? No, I'm using mine because the neighbors are having their lawn done, and all I can hear are blowers. And I'm hoping this will reduce that. So, okay. No one cares about what I look like anyway. So, at least I don't think they do. <laughs> Well, no, and plus you you could see more of just your face. Uh, should I turn it this way? Hey, that's no. Good. Now you <laughs> see more. You just see more of the crap in the background. All my art supplies and stuff. Awesome. That's good. That's fine. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. All right. I have here with me Colleen King, a licensed marriage family therapist in private practice. Um, thanks for coming, Colleen, and sharing your story with uh, our Zinni-Me people today. I'm very happy to be here and be included. Um, if people want to find you, can you share what your website is and where you're located? Sure. I am located in Sacramento, California, near the university, uh, Sac State, and uh, my website is Insight Counseling Sacramento, spelled I-N-S-I-G-H-T, Counseling Sacramento. Awesome. Okay, I'll put that below also in the blog so that people can click on it if they want to reach okay. out to you. All right. All right. So the reason why we're doing this series of interviewing therapists that we know through different ways, uh, just so that we can share our stories, share the things that we've learned, and we hope that it inspires people listening or reading this, watching it, um, as they are in their private practice journey. So tell me a little bit about how you first even fell into being a therapist. Why this field for you? Well, this is actually my second career. So my first career, I was a photojournalist. So I have um, undergraduate degrees in photography and journalism. And why I did this career change, um, most many people think it's kind of a strange pathway to become a therapist. <laughs> uh, but I, I loved working with people and meeting people and taking their photographs and listening to their stories. And so I, you know, I'm just a real people person. What, what had uh, happened was I, you know, came across my own life struggles and uh, I was diagnosed with postpartum depression after giving birth to my son and later was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And so that kind of derailed my, you know, plans, my life plans, which mm -hmm. as life happens, it, it, you know, usually doesn't follow a straight and narrow path. And so um, through my own experiences in therapy, which included art therapy and insight oriented therapy, I, I really thought that this is a pretty cool, you know, profession. I really like what they do. And I started talking to my own therapist and asking, you know, what was their journey like and being a therapist. And um, I, I just really found it fascinating. And so I, I went back to school and took uh, prerequisites and got into graduate school and Ta-da, here I am. <laughs> Ta-da. So where were you at in your phase of life when you decided to go back to school? Like how old was your son or how long after that? I uh, went back to school part-time just taking 
uh, psychology courses uh, at City College, mm -hmm. actually, first, community college. And I was in my mid-30s. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the time I got into my graduate program, I was, I think, about 38. I, um, my, my goal was to get my master's degree by the time I turned 40, but I was a year late. That's hey, okay. That's okay. That's pretty <laughs> I figured awesome. I, yeah, I get older anyway, so I'm going to get older with uh, goals in mind and <laughs> succeed, and, and so I did. Beautiful. So you're in grad school. Did you ever think about private practice at that point? Is that like what your goal was always from the beginning or? No, actually it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about what you were, had originally planned. I originally planned to work in uh, public mental health, which I did for many years. And the reason why is because with, uh, my own story and journey of having a mental illness and learning to manage that and be healthy and balanced and well, um, I, you know, I met a number of other people who mostly uh, had to get services through uh, different agencies in public mental health um, due to being disabled and, and, um, and having family members with mental illness as well. And I, I have a really, you know, deep core belief that all people should have access to good mental health services, all health services, but is, you know, including mental health services. And so that was, you know, my my path. I thought, uh, you know, I, that, you know, having a, a part time private practice on the side is something I would eventually want to do because I still use a lot of expressive arts therapies and creative ways for people that, you know, I have a hard time verbalizing what's going on. Sure. So, um, so that's, that was what I was thinking as I was in graduate school. And when did you end up moving into private practice after working in public mental health? Uh, well, it just kind of another, you know, um, uh, kind of just life, um, you know, crossroads occurred where uh, I was off work temporarily for a, um, a shoulder surgery, mm -hmm. um, too much kayaking, I guess. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and um, it just kind of the situation occurred where I had a chance to either begin private practice or begin looking for you know, a new job after working um, at a county mental health agency. And so um, I, I just chose, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to take a leap of faith and put all my passion and knowledge in and do this. So I jumped in last May. So it's been less than a year. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm relatively new to this private practice world. <laughs> and how's it going? <laughs> That's a broad question, but yes, uh, I am loving it. I'm really uh, it's it's so wonderful to be working with clients that are motivated mm -hmm. and working with the clients that I'm really skilled at helping. And 
Oh my goodness. I apologize. <laughs> okay. That's all right. Who are those people that you're skilled at helping? I really work well with people who are, um, I think, more uh, visual, kinesthetic, mm-hmm. interactive mm-hmm. Um, individuals. And uh, of course, I'm a, a very good listener. That's a, you know, kind of a mandate for a therapist. And I also like to do experiential, you know, it, kind of techniques and um, when, when it's, you know, of course, appropriate for the person, uh, like walk and talk therapy or doing writing or, you know, practicing skills and using things like visualization and, um, you know, progressive relaxation and, uh, so it's it's uh, a interactive process, and I I work really well with uh, young adults and women of all ages around issues with uh, managing anxiety, depression, or other mood disorders, and you know helping them find a balance in life between career, family, friends, and, and self-care. That's, you know, most important, you know, take the oxygen mask first so you can do the rest of life. Right. Right. So, yeah. What I love about you, Colleen, is how your story is kind of woven into becoming a therapist in private practice. Really like, Here, it's your second career, but even what you were doing before, your first career has influenced this career. You know, you were, you've always been artistic and visual, very personal. And that has, I think part of who you are as a person gets reflected in business. And what I love about you is that it's very clear that you're artistic and that you are kinesthetic and visual and you do a lot more hands-on kind of stuff with yes. your clients. It makes, it, makes <laughs> Talk my, with my it makes my hands go, for those listening to the podcast, I'm making hand movements. I don't know why, but <laughs> there's a lot of texture there, I guess, is that your story, um, even from your own uh, journey and healing with your mental illness and learning to take care of yourself has really been woven into who you are as a business owner. Do you disclose your mental illness in your marketing? Or I do. do. You, tell me about I that do. and how you've decided to do that. Well, I, um, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to, you know, put it on my web page, but I, I have been a very active advocate for mental health services and both in the private and public sector mm-hmm. in, you know, speaking for um, at legislative hearings for laws and, and advocating for people to be able to get the services. So, and because I have uh, immediate family members with, mental illness and who have died by suicide as well and uh, I I've been a guest speaker at various conferences speaking on suicide prevention and suicide postvention care after the loss of a suicide uh, of a loved one to suicide as well as speaking on um, educating law enforcement pastors and other people on how to help individuals with mental illness 
And so I've been very outspoken for the last 15 years on this. And so I wasn't going to hide that part of me at all. That's my, you know, authentic self. But I, as I, you know, have been going through this a process of, you know, being a business owner and, um, and really, you know, finding out who I work well with and who I want people to, you know, connect with is I, I decided, you know, I haven't, I haven't been hiding who I am all these years. And so I'm not going to hide to the people that I, I help. Now, of course, I don't announce that to you know my clients when they walk in. No. Uh, but I do have that, you know, on my webpage that yes, I have bipolar disorder and I've, you know, been through a, a journey of learning to to deal with it and a lot of education and life skills and uh you know, hopefully people will uh, read that and and see the strength and growth and and not, uh, you know, feel, you know, fearful or, or you know, uh, taken aback by, by that. Right. Well, you want to attract people that are encouraged by it, actually, anyway. So. Yes, that's, that is my goal. <laughs> and that's, that brings another point, too. There was some discussion in Facebook groups about you know, sliding scale fee in private practice. And one of my, my things is there's lots of ways to give back aside from sliding scale. And I have to say, you are a big give back person. If anyone can just have listened and, and heard all of your involvement in our community, in law, in um, the influence that you have sought to really help people with access and, and proper help and support. I mean, that is a huge way that you as a business owner are giving back now, you know, um, I know originally you weren't always a business owner doing that, but even now you're still an advocate and, um, it's a beautiful thing that you do. And I really appreciate that about you. Thank you. Yeah. So when you started your private practice, what really, how did you start? What was some of your (laughs) first few steps? Cause everyone does it different. You know, what were your steps? Yeah, well, I I think I was um, I, I was a little well a bit naive. I mean, I had a lot of lunch dates with former colleagues that have private practices, and so I met with them and got a lot of information about how they started. And uh, most of them had kind of a you know a prescription for how to do a private practice that was very similar, which was to, uh, you know, get an office, uh, get a business license, get on insurance panels, and your clients will just start streaming in. (laughs) Um, Insurance will refer them, and, you know, you'll get busy and, uh, yes, get on LinkedIn and um, meet some other therapists to refer to and, uh, do a little bit of networking with therapists. And so that's kind of the path I followed is, you know, I, I looked for an, a part-time office to sublet and I didn't really find one that was um, kind of fit my style. Right. And, um, or, you know, the days that I wanted to have available. So I went ahead and 
uh, rented my own office and I, I created my own little sanctuary that's, you know, calming and soothing. And um, so I'm very happy I did that. And uh, so I, I set about, you know, trying to get on insurance panels and waiting for the clients to flood in. And and it was very difficult for both of those things to occur the first few months. So I really started rethinking that path. Right. So when you realize the clients aren't streaming in through the door, <laughs> what did you decide to do? I mean, what really did help you start to have a shift? Uh, being able to think outside the box, you know, as in... <laughs> Hello, you're an artist. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, that that, you know, kind of script of this is how you do it wasn't working for me. And part of it was, uh, I, I think that because I began attempting to get on insurance panels last year, there, you know, was uh, increased difficulty last year. And I, I think there, you know, may have been some political reasons because of insurance companies and the, you know, Affordable Care Act and so forth. So uh, it, many insurance panels weren't accepting people or it was, you know, taking six to nine months. And so I thought, okay, I need to do something else. This isn't going to work. And uh, just started reading everything I could find and talking to more people. And um, and I had um, been following Zinni Me since before I was licensed in the old Yahoo group. Um, <laughs> and um, so, yes, I, I stumbled upon uh, you two. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> yes, I did. And I, you know, was uh, watching all the videos and reading all the blogs of you know, various things online and, and including yours. And uh, that was that was definitely helping me think of other ideas. Yeah, I think that's, I love that you, you glean from everywhere you could. Oh, yeah. I think that's really important advice um, for anyone listening that there is a lot of free information out there and not all of it will apply to you. So take what resonates, resonates and leave the rest because... Um, for you, things are going to work differently than for a therapist in a whole other area with a different kind of focus. But I think you can do a lot just by taking in free info. And I love that you were hungry and started like seeking out something different. So what has been helping you create a business that you love? I know you're still in the process, but Yes. <laughs> we all are. <laughs> yes, I know. It's it's an ongoing process. So uh, I think getting clarity about uh, my, my business vision, you know, the vision I have for my business. And a, a big shift for me was seeing that, okay, my private practice, my, you know, job as a therapist is a business. And, um, I mean, I, I realized that on some level when I you know, yeah. got a business license and signed a lease for an office. Uh, and I, I still think it, it took a while for me to, 
for it to shift that, okay, this is a business. I'm a business owner. And so I have to start thinking very differently than just as a therapist. Yeah. And, um, and so getting clarity about um, what I want to do as a business owner, what I, you know, what I have to offer you know, people in the community and, and how can I do that? And how will people benefit? And, you know, how will, how will it be this mutually beneficial uh, goal and, and vision? So getting, you know, some clarity and it's, you know, like a, an ongoing process, like we said, yeah. um, but getting more clarity about what I want it to be and has really helped and with that clarity, how has that shifted how you do marketing? Well, it shifted uh, because I, I got a more uh, defined niche of, of who I'm marketing to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's, that is when I uh, started outing myself as <laughs> having bipolar disorder and uh, in order to be able to connect with other people and let them know that you know hey I'm human I've been through been through this and um, I'm able to manage and find balance and yes it's something I work on every day and and you can too and um, and so that was part of it uh, definitely and um, and doing more uh, different types of marketing, you know, just uh, to to that group of people. And then, again, thinking outside the box. And, and you and Miranda have helped a great deal in the marketing aspect since I don't really have much in the business uh, world experience, yeah. you know, having an own, my own business. So. What's been one of the most fun ways you've marketed your practice? Um, I think just meeting new people mm-hmm. and talking with with people, like going to different groups. And uh, I'm more of an introvert. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoy people but I'm not the go to some place where there's 50 people and chit chat I, I re-energize by myself mm-hmm. you know and so it was uh it is definitely you know stepping outside my comfort zone and going to you know these different networking meetings and associations and um you know, just introducing myself to strangers and trying to chit chat. But I, I, what's wonderful is that I've connected with people on a, you know, much deeper level quickly and just really building some nice, authentic relationships, not just with therapists, but with all yes. kinds of people and really meeting some really neat people. Yeah. I think that that's so valuable, moving beyond meeting therapists. Because when you talk about what your work is, you can use this therapist speak and therapist get it. But then you you have to rise to the challenge of talking to someone that is another business owner in a different, totally different area than you. 
it really forces you to articulate, okay, what do I do and how do I do it and who do I help best, you know? Um, I think that there's a lot of value of moving beyond our comfort zone of networking mm-hmm. with just within each other and our associations and chapters and things like that. Definitely, yes. So as an introvert, <laughs> have, would you say that you've, you're doing some marketing activities that are more for the introvert? <laughs> um, probably. Like what? Probably. Um, maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe doing more one-on-one meetings uh-huh. than an extrovert. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, connecting with people on LinkedIn or going to, you know, like speaker network, you know, meetings and because I do public speaking and um, trying to get those skills honed up a bit more mm-hmm. and, um, and, you know, forcing myself in, in to do something that's a little outside my comfort zone. But then, you know, following up with those people and meeting with them in smaller groups, meeting with them in, you know, with three or four or sometimes, you know, six to ten people and, you know, being able to really connect in that in a a smaller group. So maybe that's a a way introverts do it. Yes, (laughs) I agree. I would say so. I'm an extrovert. So, yeah, I would not do as many one on ones. I'm probably more of like. When I started my practice, I was much more of going to groups and talking all around, but work in the room, I guess you could say. (laughs) I mean, they did turn into one-on-one sometimes, but um, I worked better probably in a larger group. So, yeah, I think it's good about knowing who you are and how to make it work for you because even if you're an introvert, you still got to connect with people. So how do you do that in a way that doesn't totally drain you or – uh, suck the life out of you, but really can bring forth, you know, your strength and um, allow you to still shine, you know, right, in social settings. So for someone that's starting out a practice, what do you, based on what you've learned, what are some of your tips or um, recommendations for them as they're just starting? I think it really depends on their situation. You know, everyone's situation is so different as far as their financial situation and what they're able to do if they start part-time or jump in full-time like I did. Or, um, But I think, you know, something important to do is, is to be able to read lots of information, talk with lots of different business owners, um, not just therapists, but yes, therapists and other small business owners, you know, one people, (laughs) one person or, or, you know, small business owners to help uh, get an idea of what it takes to start a business and to try to do some of the, the work about, you know, getting um, some clarity and a little bit of vision of, you know, what you want your your business to look like and who you want to serve. And, you know, then it's, you know, it kind of might save you some time in the beginning mm-hmm. of, you know, who to market and where to, you know, even, yeah, where to rent your office space at and um, 
how much time to devote to it. And Right. Yeah, I think that's important because you can talk to a lot of other therapists, but how you're going to go about building a business may look different because right. of your needs, of your place and phase in life, your financial situation, and all of those kind of factors play in. So figuring out what's best for you, you know, is important. Yeah. And what are some of the tools that have really helped you? Are there tools that you use in building your business that have become important for you? Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Lots of them. I think um, the online marketing and learning all of the um, online marketing, such as creating my own website and um, all the social media mm -hmm. um, and incorporating all of those, um, as well as things like electronic health records. Mm -hmm. I recently started using uh, electronic health records and I was um, not really fond of that idea at first um, because it just seems so wrong to put <laughs> confidential information <laughs> even after working you know at county agencies where everything is online um just seemed like private practice should be paper in a locked file but uh, <laughs> i started using it and it's so easy and it really makes it it makes the financial part the the documentation you know, the legal and ethical guidelines, um, you know, included in all of that. And uh, it's really made it more simple and streamlined. Mm -hmm. So that's been helpful. What tools uh, do you use for your social media? Right now I'm using LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And do you have anything that you use to manage those, like Buffer or Hootsuite, or are you doing them all kind of manually right now? I'm doing them manually. I have started uh, Hootsuite, but I haven't um, kept up with putting, mm -hmm. you know, loading them in there yes. <laughs> so uh -huh. they go out. Yeah. So um, I need to, that's, you know, one of my, my goals because it, uh, I think it, it does make it easier and, again, more streamlined, like the electronic health records, um, to, to have, have something more manageable. Yes. Awesome. So as this new year comes up, what are some of your goals? Where do you see your practice going? I see it growing with um, I'm doing um, a group. I'm going to be doing a women's group mm -hmm. um, for uh, support and coping skills for um, relationships with uh, for people that have anxiety, depression, uh, a, a mental illness. Because a lot of folks that uh, are struggling with a mental illness. Are really really end up struggling in their relationships, whether it's with a significant other, or family, friends, coworkers, mm -hmm. um, because a lot of people, you know, may not understand 
what they're going through and their symptoms. And so oftentimes it's the, the relationship suffer, which usually, you know, kind of exacerbates symptoms. Right. And so uh, my, uh, I'm, I'm going to be offering a, a group for women. And then I also want to offer a group for caregivers because I know that a lot of caregivers, whether they're spouses or, or parents of adult children or whoever, um, they need an outlet. They need support. They need to know that what, what they're doing is hard work and they need, they need to have their own self-care. Mm-hmm. And um, so my vision is to expand with more groups. I'm also going to be um, getting a part-time intern in a couple of months. Wonderful. So, uh, so yes. And, uh, doing more speaking. A part-time intern and you started last May. That's awesome. (laughs) That is really awesome. What are you most proud of Colleen? As you like tell your story and we just kind of talk about what, you know, what you've been doing, what are you really proud of when it comes to your practice? (sighs) I'm I'm really proud of the fact that I sit in my, my own office in my own calming sanctuary and have a space to give back in the same way that people helped me get through mm-hmm. years of struggle and that now I'm sitting on the other side of the couch, so to speak. I do have a couch, but... Um, <laughs> I have chairs too. Uh, so yes, I'm proud that I I am where I am and that I I feel like I'm in a really good space and can give back to people. It's beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing your story and giving back to our listeners. And um, really, it's inspirational. And I'm so grateful to know you. And I'm excited to see how things do grow this year. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Well, I will put Colleen's information in the details uh, below if you want to reach out to her and uh, say hello on Twitter. I'll put all of that information down there. So thank you, Colleen. All right, you guys. Thank you. Take something from this and be inspired and take action in your practice. We'll see you later. Bye.